How many of you all, and this, I'm going to show my age, but you all are probably going to show yours too if you answer this question. How many of you all have ever seen Field of Dreams? Anybody? Okay. For those of you who don't know, it's a baseball movie. It's not really a baseball movie, but it is a baseball movie, and there's this whole, like, they can't cross this certain line, and so... Um, that doesn't work here. I've already tried it tonight. I told somebody that they couldn't cross that line, and he still came up and hugged me anyway, so um, it's okay. So, how is everyone? Did you say you're tired? If you're being completely honest, that's really sad. It's, it's the first day of camp, and you're already like, oh, man, I am so tired. So... Um, I like, I'm one of those weird people that I like Mondays. Anybody else have that problem? No? No? Here's, here's why, here's why I don't have an issue with that. I always, you know, people are like, why can't Monday just be part of the weekend? I'm like, because then we would all hate Tuesdays. So, like, there has to be a first day of the week, so it might as well be Monday, you know? Like, why go changing things now? So, don't upset the apple cart. If you don't know what that means, go ask your grandmother. Um, so I tell my wife that all the time. Speaking of, that was a good segue. I wasn't even planning on that. Um, for those of you who have not seen me in a while, um, I got married last May. Um, thank you. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that's like I have a problem playing with keys and things. And so Mariah has my keys but I still have a wedding ring on, so I'll probably fidget with it a little bit. Um, my wife had to get a very durable one because I drop it quite often. Um, I was swimming with my nephew and my nieces the other day, and one of them jumped in on me, and when I went to throw them, I went like this, and my ring just goes sailing out into the deep end. And I was like, freeze! And everybody just froze. And I was like, don't move. And they're all just sitting there. And as I went down to the deep end of the pool, which I say the deep end, I live in a retirement community. Yes, I'm that old. Um, so when I say deep end, it's like this deep. <laughs> deep enough for water aerobics, not deep enough to dive. And I literally just picked it up with my toes. And so, you know, so. Um, but, like I said, my wife is almost 10 years younger than me. Um, so I don't really know if, like, I don't really know how that worked out. Like, I don't know if she felt sympathy for me and said yes. Um, I joke around about that, and people are like, you know, dude, she's 10 years younger than you. I'm like, yeah. And we dated for, like, five years. And um, they were like, they're like, dude, what took you so long? I'm like, she finally asked, so I said yes. And um, last year, Mariah, you can pop it up. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Sarah. Um she, I would say that she is the love of my life, um, but for 10 years she didn't exist. So uh, I can say she is now the love of at least my life minus about 10 years. Um, but uh, she, is, she is one of the loves of my life. These are the other two. Um, if any of you all have Instagram, you all know about these hashtags. And what is today? Anybody? Okay, Man Crush Monday. Anybody heard of all that kind of fun stuff? 
So yeah, I jokingly popped that picture up, and I'm like, if I'm allowed to have a man crush Monday, it's these two. Um, this is Charlie and his little brother, Will. Uh, Will was just born um, May the 5th, 15th. His due date was May the 5th. Our anniversary was May the 3rd. I wanted him to be a May the 4th baby because I'm a Star Wars fanatic. And my wife, she said, I am praying that he doesn't come on our anniversary or that stupid Star Wars day. And because she said that, God made her wait 10 additional days before we got to meet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I always joke around and she'll get mad when she listens to this podcast, but I tell her this. Um, Will, the newborn, takes after his mom's sense of timing. When it's, when it's important to everybody else, he takes his time. When he's ready, you better just like open up every door because he's coming. And uh, that was May the 15th. And uh, so they are, they are fantastic. I love having little boys. Um, my wife, on the other hand, probably does not like me having little boys. But uh, that is them. And I love them. And that is my family. And I have, won't really get to see them a whole lot this week because um, they are with my in-laws this week while I am here. Uh, but I did get to FaceTime time them before uh, chapel service started. And I freaked Charlie out because he knows my name is Jared. And so I came up here and I was like, hey, Charlie, I want you to meet somebody. And I was standing up here with Jared, the Asian Jared. I'm the Caucasian Jared. He's the Asian Jared. And uh, I'm like, hey, Charlie, I want you to meet somebody. And he goes, who? And I'm like, this is Jared. And when I flip the camera around and Jared smiles at him and he goes, hey, Charlie. Charlie was like. And then I flipped it back over to me, and he smiled real big, and I flipped it back to Jared and just straight-faced. <laughs> and my mother-in-law was laughing in the background because it, like, freaked him out. And I didn't tell you this when I was telling him goodbye. I was like, I was like, bye, Charlie. And he goes, bye. And he calls me Dudja. And I, he was like, bye, Dudja. And I'm like, bye. And he went, where's, where's Jared? And I went, he's in the chapel. And he went, oh, okay. So you at least made an impression on him. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was so funny. It was like, this is Jared. What? <laughs> like, you know, in his little mind, and if you all have never met me before or heard me speak, I'm like this all the time. Like, I have notes, and I'll get to them here in a second. But I'm just kind of letting you all know some things. Um, then I forget where I was going. Oh, well. <laughs> Yay. Okay. I'm also ADD, Jared. So, um if you have your Bibles, let's do that while I'm, while I'm trying to process where I'm at. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts uh, chapter number 17. I, I loved it. When, when Uncle Paul called me and he said, hey, I want you to come to camp, I was, like, I was like, sweet. And he goes, I want you to do Teen Week. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I love, I love Teen Week. Uh, my degree is in youth ministries. And I worked at a church as a children's director. Because apparently they didn't understand what the definition of youth was. Um, they thought that, you know, hey, you want to work with kids? And I'm like, yeah, teenagers. And then I just realized something. Elementary kids are just smaller versions of teenagers a lot of times. Like, they all have the same attitudes. You know, they all throw the same tantrums. They all cry over the same things. You know, it's just like teenagers just in miniature form. Unless they come from, like, really tall parents, and then they're, like, teenager height. And you're like, okay, I can smack you. And then you're like, wait, no, you're, like, 
third grade. I can't do that. Um, I can duct tape you to a wall. And one kid goes, really cool. And I'm like, upside down by your big toes. And he went, cool. And I was like, okay, yeah. So, uh, so I did that for a little while. And uh, I don't know, I, just, I, I love just sharing Christ. And it doesn't matter what age group. Because I love it because Jesus said, you know, let the little children come to me. And, and, and that's the cool thing is because so many times, like, we try to make the Bible and we try to make the gospel complicated. And it's almost like, hey, if you follow this plus this plus this, then it's going to equal this. And that's the perfect Christian life. And what I've realized in my 36 years, because I am now 36 years old, I am now half my life removed from high school. I, my high school graduation date is older than most of you all. Like, that's what's fun. Um, and I, I always wondered when I was going to get to that equilibrium. It's kind of fun. <clears throat> but in, in, in my time, what I've learned is there's not a magic formula. Because what works for me and what God has laid out for my life may not be what's laid out for you. And the things that God needs to do in my life to get my attention may not be the things that you need to have to get your attention. You know, one of, one of the biggest things to grab my attention, Mariah, go back to, to the picture of my boys. If you did math, I told you I've been married to my wife for a year. Charlie's two and a half. Totally blindsided, did not see that one coming. Charlie's mom comes to me one night. We hadn't spoken in months. She comes to me and she said, I wanted you to know before you heard from anybody else, she said, I'm pregnant. I was floored. I didn't sleep at all for the next 48 hours. And the second morning, when I still couldn't sleep and I went to the Y and I'm standing on a treadmill, God just starts speaking to me, and he goes, Jared, you've been learning about unconditional love. And he said, I've been preparing you for this moment, and now what are you going to do? Two and a half years later, that little boy calls me dad. And that is the coolest thing in the world. And the relationship that I have with him, I now have a better understanding of the love that God has for us. Because, because the Bible tells us, and I'm, I'm like all over the place tonight, I'm sorry, but the Bible tells us that, that, that we're of this world, and God sent his son to save us, to take us from that world and to make us his own. We are his adopted sons and daughters. And he may not biologically be mine, but there's nobody that can take him away from me and the relationship that I have with him. And that's what Christ has with us. And that's what I want to share with you guys tonight. Like this whole week, it's labeled Shark Week, and I love that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge movie fan, if you all know that. And the whole, like, when Uncle Paul said that, you can go back to the Shark Week logo now. <laughs> I'll start crying if I, if I keep looking at those two. Um, not in a bad way. Uh, but like when I heard it was Shark Week, I started thinking about like Finding Nemo and, you know, Bruce and, you know, Fisher friends and, you know, like all that stuff. And then it's like, it's like, ooh, blood, you know, and they like freak out. 
But then I also remember, um, like, the, the fish in the dentist aquarium, like, nicknamed Nemo Sharkbait. And I loved it because they were like, Sharkbait, you know. And, I, like, all this random stuff just starts going through my mind. And then, like, the Jaws theme song, you're like, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. You know, and then you got like these people that make it with the cat, like coming up out of the water, and it says paws instead of jaws. And, you know, like there's just all like this is where my mind goes when like I'm studying for things. But I really started thinking about it, and and I read the verses that you know that are, are for this week, and it starts talking about like the depths of the ocean, and you know they're still discovering things that like they they've never seen before. And they're like, we found this new, you know, species of snail that lives on the bottom of the ocean near these, like, hot pockets, or not pizza, but, you know, like, hot pockets. And, and, and you know, and you're, you're sitting there, and, and, like, I find it fascinating, you know, when they're like, hey, we were exploring the bottom of the ocean, and there's a freshwater lake at the bottom of the ocean. And it's like, it's separated because it's so dense, and blah, blah, you know, and it's like, there's a lake at the bottom of the ocean. It's like, where's SpongeBob? You know, it's like this, this world actually exists, you know? And, you know, and they're talking about like, hey, there's these new things. And I just imagine God standing up there going, nope. Nope. Spoke that one into existence on day, whatever. And, you know, and they're going, we found this new species. Like, it's survived for millions and billions of years. <laughs> no, oh, okay. Cool. You know, hey, there's a giant squid. Have you ever seen one? Nope, but we know it exists. Well, how do you know it exists? Because we think so. Okay, cool. Can't wait till they find that one. Like, I love calamari. I really hope they find that one, you know. If you don't know what calamari is, little fish. Hey, speaking of definitions, total side note, Jared had never heard the word ableness ever before. And Uncle Paul and I were like, is that a word? I looked it up. It is. So, if you were wondering, ableness is a word. And... Now, back to our originally scheduled lesson for the night. Um, Acts chapter number 17. Um, I love this passage, just to give you guys a little heads up on it. <clears throat> is This is the beginning of Paul. If you don't know who Paul is, it's okay. It's not a prerequisite for listening tonight. Uh, Paul was a missionary in the Bible. Uh, he has a very fascinating backstory. I recommend that you go back and read it. It is phenomenal, and if you can't find it, He's also listed under the name Saul. Uh, that's a fun thing that the Bible does sometimes. It's like, hey, you have this name. Congratulations. It's now this. And, you know, and then Paul writes, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And it's all confusing. And you just kind of go, okay, whatever. And um, how many of you all have completely lost already? Sweet. Okay. It's only day one. Okay. I promise I'm always like this. So just listen fast. It, it, it doesn't hurt for long, I promise. So Acts chapter 17, beginning in verse 16. Paul is in Athens. And Athens is in Greece, and it's kind of like the central hub of the world at this time. <coughs> and it was a very God-centered religious city. And the reason I phrased it like that is not God-centered as like you would think about God. When I say God-centered... Paul actually goes to him and he goes, hey, you have all of these idols to all of these gods. There were over 300 of them. And he goes, and then just in case you missed one and you didn't want to make one mad, you've got this one sitting over here and it's empty. And there's a plaque on it that says to the unknown God, just in case we missed you. 
Like that kind of is like this. When, when people get up and they start making an acceptance speech, and they're like, I want to thank my mom, and I want to thank my dad, and I want to thank my... And then they go, and if I forgot anybody, thank you. I want to be that person that they forgot one time, and I want to call them up and just be like, hey, do you remember me? Yeah, apparently not, because you really didn't thank me. You know, like, it's kind of like, hey, I would like to thank all of you. I don't know who you are, but thank you for all you little insignificant people. You know, it's kind of like, that's kind of the way that they were. They were like, just in case we forgot somebody, we're going to put this, like, this idol over here. But since we don't know what they look like, we're just going to, like, whatever. You know, it's like one of those mannequins that, like, some store that's just, like, blank-faced, you know. It's just like, you know, it's like, hey, there's a mannequin. Um, you're like, wow, that's not in the Bible. No, it's not. So, verse 16, sorry. Now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicureans and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, why does this babbler wish to say? Or what does this babbler wish to say? Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus in the resurrection. And when it says Paul was standing in the marketplace, it didn't mean that like all the people of Athens gathered in a chapel and he stood up before them like, I am you. Like He literally walked out into the middle of the mall and just started preaching. And people are going, hey, are you listening to this babbler? I love that. You listen to this guy just babble on? Some guy's like, yeah, who's he talking about? And they're like, I don't know, probably that unknown God over there. Like, he's preaching somebody we don't know about. And it just simply says he was preaching Jesus. You see, Athens is not entirely different from our culture today. Now, here's where I start stepping on toes. And just so you know, the first toes I step on are mine. And usually I wear chacos when I teach. I have on closed-toed shoes because... Like, mine are pretty bruised up from, from studying this lesson. You know, you're like, Jared, we don't have 300 gods. Okay, sure. How many of you all have one of these? Maybe not on you and maybe not an iPhone, but how many of you all have a smartphone or an iPad or a laptop or a computer? You know what's sad? This is my alarm clock. It's my navigator. It's my calendar. It's everything. People come up to me and they go, they go, hey, like I called you the other day. And I'm like, oh, I don't have your number. I do. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't have your number. You know, because like this is the way to get a hold of me. Like this is on 24/7. I flew to Dallas, Texas this past week to go work the Indy car race at the racetrack, and I had Wi-Fi on the plane just in case my wife wanted to ask me a question. Like, we feel like we have to be connected all the time. First thing I do in the morning after I turn off my alarm clock, I open up Instagram or Facebook to see what everybody else has been doing while I've been asleep. And then I realize that I have boring friends, and they don't do anything. And it's like, wait a minute. You know, and it's, it's like, wait a minute. The first thing that I go to in the morning is that. And you know what's sad? It sits on top of my Bible that sits right beside of my bed. You know, it's like, Jared, we don't, we don't have idols. Yeah, we do. 
They may not come in the form of a statue. They may not be gold. They may not be silver. But we have things that we put before God. We have things that we put before the things that God wants for us. See, there's, there's, there's two groups of people here that, that, that is mentioned, the Epicureans and the Stoics. And the reason that they mentioned these two specific people is because I'm going to describe them to you. The Epicureans, they were all about what pleasures can life bring me? Like, what's the next thing that I can do to get that, like, that emotional high? What's the next thing I can do that's going to bring me pleasure? What's the next, what's the next fad? What's the latest thing? How many of you all waited in line for the new iPhone? Anybody? Anybody pre-order it and like sit around and wait on it? Anybody laugh at the people that were waiting like miles around the block? Yeah. Yeah. I pulled my phone out tonight to like check something. Somebody goes, hey, is that the iPhone 6? Nope. You need to get the 6. Why? Um, I don't know. Okay. Why haven't you got the 6? Don't need it. Mine works. You should get the six. Why? I, I don't know. Okay. Sure. You know what I had before that? A flip phone. That had like a green screen with black letters. It looked like the old Game Boys. For those of you who don't know what the old Game Boys were, I had one. I loved that thing. It was like a brick. It held up my bed for a while, too. <laughs> But you see, there, there, there's people that they have to have, like, the latest and greatest. Like, they need the things. And I'm not saying, like, possessions. It might be, you know, clothes. It might be music. It, it, you know, just whatever. It might even be, like, that popular crowd at school. Like, if I could just get in there, then I'm going to be happy. And then, like, you get in with that group of people, and you realize they're miserable. Or they make you miserable. And you're like, oh, man, if I could just go back. To, like, you're constantly seeking something that's going to make you happy. Or you have the Stoic, the philosophers that they were talking about. And these are the people that are just like, you know what? Leave it to fate. Whatever fate wants to happen is going to happen. My wife, here's why I'm going to say I don't know why in the world she ever agreed to go out with me, much less get married to me. The first words I ever said to her, I, I'm sitting at, at the church that I went to. She's playing flute in the orchestra. Yeah, I know, be jealous of that one. Um, and a buddy of mine goes, dude, do you see that girl playing flute? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, she's hot. I'm like, yeah, she's cute. He goes, no, she's hot. I'm like, yes, she is very attractive. And he goes, I wish I could talk to girls like that. I'm like, dude, she's a girl. Go talk to her. He goes, she's hot. Okay. He goes, fine, you go talk to her. Okay. I get halfway there. My mind goes. <laughs> and here's what I start thinking. Dude, she's hot. <laughs> what am I going to say to her? And I get up there. And I'm like, you know what? Just walk past her. Just walk past her. Because like, I kind of look like a creeper because um, I was wearing all black because I was on the video ministry and we were getting ready to do this. Uh, Easter production, so like I'm head to toe black. Like I literally look like if I just pulled the the hat that I had down, I would look like I was about to like you know blindside somebody with a club or something and <laughs> grab their purse, running away, going <laughs> you know like running all over the place. So I'm I'm walking up there, and like I said, about halfway through, like I can't remember what I was about to say to her. Like I didn't know what I was going to say to her, 
And a few steps further, I'm like, just walk past her. Just walk past her. And then once you get past her, just turn around and look at your buddy and go, you know. So, like, it's working. And I'm walking past her, and I get, like, almost to her. And she looks up at me and smiles. And I'm like, oh, oh no. (laughs) And it's one of those, she made eye contact. Like, I have to say something. Which, in all honesty, I didn't have to. I could have just smiled and just kept walking. But I can't because I'm me. (laughs) And I walk, and I just stop. And I'm just standing there staring at her, adding to the creep factor. (laughs) Then she goes, hi. And I'm like, nice galoshes. <laughs> she had on these neon green rain boots with white daisies on them. And she goes, thanks, I love rain boots. Good thing it rained today. You know, she's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be running camera up on the stage. Try not to like blow your spit on me while I'm sitting here. And she goes, as long as you promise not to shoot me with your camera, I'm like, deal. And, like, the whole time, like, I'm, I'm sitting there shooting the, you know, what's going on behind the orchestra, and she's, like, right here, and she keeps eyeballing me. And I start flinching, like, every time she moves, because I think she's going to hit me with her flute. And <laughs> lo and behold, seven years later, she's my wife, you know. Um, you know, but, you know, you, you, it, it's almost one of those things, it's like, you know, if you left that up to fate, you know, it's like, oh, she looked at me, I have to talk to her. You know, that's kind of where my brain went, and it was like, you know, somebody goes, oh, it was faith that she looked at you. And I'm like, no, it was human, like, reflex. I was walking past her. She looked up to see what idiot was walking by her. And I opened my mouth and went, hey, nice rain boots, you know. And, like, so I told that to, to, like, a group of teenagers one time. And this guy came up to me. And he's like, there's this girl that I like at my school. And she wears rain boots all the time, even when it doesn't rain. And I'm like, okay. He goes, I want to try that. <laughs> Yeah, he came in the next week. I'm like, so how'd that work out for you? He goes, the one day I walked up to her and I was like, hey, nice rain boots. Because he said I was so nervous, like I didn't know what else to say to her. I was like, yeah, he goes, she wore flip flops. <laughs> I was like, well, congratulations. Like, this is what happens. But but there's, you know, there were these, there was this group of people that were like, you know, like, don't worry about seeking after pleasure. Just let life bring to you whatever life is going to bring to you. Good, bad, you have no control over it. It's just whatever happens is going to happen. Just go with the flow. And these are the kind of people that Paul's, that Paul's interacting with. You see, the, the, the people that, that were seeking after pleasure, like, they would, they would just sit there and, what is it? You know, they, they were allowing these, these lifeless things to control them. Because there were gods that, that blessed, you know, their crops. There were gods that blessed their farm animals. There were gods that blessed this, and there were gods that did this, and there were gods that, you know, if you angered them, then they did this, and they were always constantly trying to appease them. And it's like in making one god happy, you were making another one angry. And, like, that's insane. Like, that's just, that's just crazy. But that's how these people lived. And then there were people that were just like, who cares? Whatever. La-di-da, say la vie, whatever it is. I don't know. I didn't take French. Um, you know, and, and, and you've got these people that, that are going there, and here's Paul standing in the middle of them, and he's going, you've got it all wrong. Like, you have it all wrong. You think this is real. You think this is reality, but it's not. And I'm telling you that what is real is Jesus. 
And he starts preaching Jesus, and these people are looking at him like, what in the world? Here's where I wanted to get with this. Paul valued who Jesus was. You see, Paul understood what Jesus had done for him. And because of that, Paul strived to proclaim Jesus to whoever he came into contact with. You see, a lot of times we think we do God a favor by telling somebody about him. It's like, hey, God, guess what I did? You know, that's good. Like, we need to be sharing Christ. This was, this was a hard pill for me to swallow. God's value is not based on me. God's value in my life is not determined by me. But my life is totally determined on how God values me. And the Bible tells us that he values us so much that he put us at the top of, of creation, that he values us so much. Check this out. These are, this is one of my favorite verses. Genesis 2, verse 7. And what it says, it says, you know, that after all of creation, Genesis 2, 7 happens, and it's one of my favorite verses because it says that the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Prior to that, when you read the creation account, it's God spoke and this happened. God said this and this happened. And then on the seventh or on the sixth day, God goes, you know, I'm going to create one of the most awkward, gangly, crazy looking things ever. I'm going to make man. And the angels are standing around and they're like, have you seen everything he's spoken into existence? Like he said, let there be birds, and these things like popped out and started flying around. They have wings like we have wings. It's crazy. They don't look like us, but they fly around like us. And it's just insane. And he goes, you know, let there be light. And there's this big ball of fire in the in the sky. And he said, let there be water. We don't even know what water is, but you know, like it's down there and it's really pretty. And there's like these things called fish that are swimming around in it. And he said, and you know, like people like the other animals are drinking it, and they're like. He's talking about like creating somebody called man and he's going to give them dominion over all of this. And they're like, just stand back because when he says this, it's going to be insane. And they're all standing around waiting and God steps out of heaven, walks down to the ground that he had created and gets down and he begins to form man out of the dirt. And he sits there and he's got this man laid out before him and the angels are going, didn't see that coming. And then Jesus gets, or God gets down and he breathes into, into man's nostrils the breath of life. And it says a man became a living soul. And the angels were like, whoa. You see, you want to know what value God places in you? He got his hands dirty in creating you. He got down in the dirt and got his hands dirty when he created you. But if you really want to know the value that he puts in you, he got his hands dirty a second time. And that was when he sent his son to die for us. And they laid him out on a cross and they began to hammer nails into his hands and into his feet. And the blood began to pour and just the dirt and the grime from the trials and just everything that was going on. And he got his hands dirty a second time for us. You want to know what value God puts on you? That's it. You are his prized creation. 
The Bible tells us that there is rejoicing in heaven when one sinner gets saved. See, here's one of the cool things, because that's where, that's where this should lead us, and Jared and I were talking about this, about this a little bit earlier. Is, is we want you guys to be excited when you come in here. You know, this is not just, you know, chapel. We've got to go to chapel. You know, I mean, uh, here, here's, where, here's where the toes get stepped on to. Counselors, everything rises and falls on you guys. If you guys aren't excited to be here, your campers aren't going to be excited to be here. And campers don't think, that, hey, our counselor, if they're not happy, we don't have to be happy. Yeah, your counselors are going to be happy if you're happy too. So it's kind of circular here. But how many of you all look at this as just something that you have to do until you get to go night swimming? or whatever that aqua simulator thing was that Uncle Paul was talking about. I imagine like a bathtub with like a fan that propels water. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like one of those pools that you just swim. It's like a lap pool, but there's not actually a pool. It's just a big baptismal kind of looking thing. Um, but you know, like when, when, when you grasp the reality of, 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 of your value in, in, in God and in Christ, like, all you want to do is you want to get where you can learn more about him. You want to get where you can worship him. You want to get where, where you can get alone with him, even in a crowd of people. You see, a worship service is not just coming in and just singing songs and then just sitting here and listening to me and sleeping through, like me standing up here talking. God created us to worship. That desire is embedded in every living person. Here's the thing. We will either worship God or we will worship something that's worth less. We will worship the creator or we will worship something that's created. You see, we, we, we were born to worship. We were made to worship. So what value are you placing on God? What value are you placing on other things? Is God just some idol that's standing down there that just in case you need him, but you've got all these other idols that you have to appease? I know y'all are going, man, Jared, this is just the first night of camp. Good grief. Could you like ease up? No. We can't after this. But I I I did I don't know if we're gonna have another opportunity. Like that's what that's what God tells us. He says, you know, you know. Like while it's while it's happening, like grab hold of it now, because we're not promised tomorrow. And I know I'm not trying to scare anybody, but that's just the reality of it. You know, my my grandfather used to say, you know, strike while the iron's hot. If you don't know what that means, go YouTube blacksmithing, and you'll figure that one out. But but in all of this, Paul begins to introduce the God of the very universe to the, to these Athenians. I know that tonight's kind of been scattered and like all over the place, and that's kind of how my life is a lot of times too. You see, this this week, what I want you all to realize, and this is kind of where where I was wanting to go throughout the whole week, is when I read that verse and I and I started reading about the depths of the ocean. I started thinking about something. My nephew, he's 10. 
and love love that kid to death. And he's he's a cool little kid. <clears throat> um, but he's afraid of a lot of things. He's afraid of dogs. I mean, he's ten. Like I can understand that one. He's afraid of police officers. Not like afraid, afraid, but it's kind of like you need to put your seatbelt on. Why? Because the police will get you. Like everything's the police will get you. I'm like, okay. You know, like that's just kind of how he is. But one day, and, and, and God kind of brought this back to, my, back to my mind a little bit earlier today. We were swimming, and it was his first time without any kind of flotation. And he was so excited. He was like, he was like, Uncle Jared. He called me Nuncle. Why he couldn't just say Uncle? I don't know. He always threw an N on the front of it. It was Uncle Jared. I'm like, what, buddy? And he goes, look, I can swim. And he was like moving his arms, and water was splashing up in his face. And like he was all excited. And then I realized his tiptoes were on the bottom of the pool. And he wasn't really kicking. He was just kind of moving his arms around like he was supposed to. And he was walking along the bottom of the pool. And I was like, yeah, buddy. I'm like, that's cool. That's great. So, you know, we go through the rest of our vacation, and he's swimming. So it gets down to the end of the end of the week, and I'm like, hey, buddy, why don't you swim out here to, like, the deeper end with me? He goes, huh, why not? He goes, because it's deep. I'm like, that's why they call it the deep end. I'm like, come on, let's go. And he goes, no. I'm like, why not? He goes, I can't swim in the deep end. Here's the way my, my mind goes. If you're swimming, even if your tiptoes are on the bottom of the pool, you can swim, and you're swimming in like this much water. And I know it's a little bit more than that, but you know, you're swimming in this much water. If you go from the shallow end all the way down to the deep end, there is still this much water that you're technically swimming in, unless you drop your wedding ring, and then you have to swim down deeper. But for the most part, you're chilling out in this same top three feet of water. And I tried to get my nephew to understand that. If you just swim, you're still staying on the surface and you're still staying. You're just getting to where it gets a little bit deeper below you. And my nephew at the time was about seven. And I love the truth that comes out of a seven-year-old's mouth because he looked at me and he said, I can't go to the deep end. And I said, why not? And he said, because I can't touch the bottom. And I realized that there was safety in the shallow water for him. And I tried to explain to him, buddy, I'm going to be out there with you. You're not going to be alone. Like, Nuncle's going to be out there with you. If you just swim out there. And he goes, okay. And so I'm kind of holding him, you know, and kind of like letting him swim out. And he's dragging his feet behind him. And the minute that it starts to drop out from under him, the kid panics. And he starts, like, freaking out. And, like, he gets back to the shallow. And then he's, like, calm. And he goes, I think I'll just stay up here. But you see, that's how we are in our Christian lives. Like, a lot of us, we're, we're, we're going to be faced and, and we're going to respond to the gospel and we're going to respond to Jesus in one of three ways. The first one is some of us are just going to walk away. Some of us are just going to completely reject it. And that's what some of the people did with Paul. They were like, you know what, he's just talking about some other God, and we've got 300 that we've got to serve, and you know, I'm not even worried about it. And they walk off. They're like, I've heard this Jesus thing before. I'm done with it. Like, just let me get to the next activity. Just let me get through this week. 
Like, don't talk to me about Jesus. I don't want to hear about it. I'm done. See ya. And then there's a group of people, and, and they're kind of going to be, you know, this Jesus thing, like, it's kind of cool. Like, I want to hear a little bit more before I really make a decision. You're, you're kind of going to hang out. You're going to be like, okay, let's see what this crazy redhead says to us. You know, like, let's see what happens. You know, Jesus kind of sounds a little cool. Like, we'll give him a chance. We'll see how it goes. But then there's some people, and you're just going to immediately go, you know what? Yes, Christ is who I want. Christ is who I want to follow. And I know you all are going, okay, so what does the deep end have to do with anything? Like, why did you tell us that crazy story about your nephew? And it's because of this. This week, it's all about going deeper in your relationship with God. And here's why I started out the way that I did. Like, God used things in my life to get me to a point where I was completely relying on him. And it's very rare for me to share a story like I did about Charlie. Because that was something in my life. But then I realized that, that sometimes like I need to share things like that so that way you can see that like I'm not just standing up here just mouthing off. You know, God, God may be using something and he's calling you out deeper and he's literally looking at you going, hey, yeah, it gets a little deeper, but I'm right here still. Like I'm still right here with you. And if Megan Lincoln were here, she would be very happy when I make this next statement. Go read Isaiah 45. If ever you get worried about where God is leading you or what God is about to lead you through, go read Isaiah 45. And you can see why that is not a bad thing. You don't have to go there now. Just kind of jot it down. But this week is about going deeper. For some of us, it's going to be about just getting off the beach. Just get your feet wet. Just kind of test this out. Just kind of see how this whole Jesus thing works. How many of you all like like games, like board games? I call them boring games because I have ADD. Drives my in-laws crazy because we have to play like we play dominoes and card games with them, and I'm like, let's play, let's play, let's play, like let's get this over with, like let's do this. And my mother-in-law is like. And then she'll look up, and all of us are staring at her, and she goes, what? And they go, nothing. And she just goes back to her hand. And I'll go, it's your turn. And she goes, oh, well, hang on a second. I don't even, uh. And then she starts thumbing through everything again. And then I'm like, hello? And then she looks at us, and she goes, what? It's your turn. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like, that drives me crazy. So my wife goes, you know what? Maybe you just need something that just you can concentrate on. Okay. So she bought me the craziest thing. I don't know how many of you all have ever seen these. For those of you that are like listening to this online, it's a it's a perplexus. It's a little ball bearing with a plastic maze inside of it. This one is the rookie. It's like 70 moves, I think. Yeah, that one took me like three minutes. And then my wife's like, you finished it? Yep. Are you going to do it again? Sometime. I gave this one to my nephew. So my wife goes, you know what? Okay, Jared's bored. I need to control him a little bit. Did you catch that? She needs to control me a little bit. 
she would agree with that statement. So then she goes, wait a minute, they've got one that's even bigger. And it's a hundred moves. Yeah, this one's great. Like it's got a bridge that twists around. That one took me 10 minutes. Here's what I love about these things. While I'm playing with these, it drives my wife nuts because she hears this. And my wife has this rare disorder. It's not really rare, it's just humorous. It's called misophonia. Anybody ever heard of this? Like you hate noises, like swallowing, nail biting, people chewing. Like my wife has this hardcore. She'll look at me and she'll go, are you done? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Chewing. Well, we just sat down for dinner. She goes, could you chew quieter? Sure. One time I made her mad because I picked my plate up and went to the bedroom. <laughs> she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, we're having taco salad. How am I supposed to eat quietly? You know? But then like, I'll look at her and I'm like, what you got there? And she's like, cereal? I'm like, is it gravel? Because she's like chomping around. She goes, what? Am I chewing loud? Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. So that's why I love to get these things out because she gets to listen to this all the time. But she still didn't learn her lesson. And she found this one at a yard sale. I still haven't really mastered this one because we got married and I have a two and a half year old to play with. So I haven't really, but this one like twists around and I haven't done anything with it. And then she realized that I wasn't playing with that one. So she thought, you know what? He figured that one out too. I haven't heard him playing it, so he must not do it. So they came out with a new one. And it's called the Epic. And there's like 120 some odd moves. And what I love is there's a practice run. It's like, oh, okay, cool. And you're like, yeah. I, I haven't even tried this one yet. And it's not that like I don't want to. It's just I love my wife and I love spending time with my wife. And she doesn't spend time with me when these things are rolling around. And I don't know y'all are going, why in the world did you bring those things out? I brought them out because what happens is you practice at those and you get good at it and then you're like, oh, this one's kind of boring. And then my wife brought me another one and I'm like, oh, this is challenging. And like I worked at it and I worked at it and I worked at it and then I beat it and I'm like, okay, cool, I beat that one. And then she got me another one and then she got me another one and I'm sure if they ever come out with a fifth one, like I'll probably end up with that one and they're sitting in my closet now. And here's why. Those aren't important, but they taught me a very valuable lesson. And that was, if I want to get better at something, I've got to spend time with it. I have to spend time doing it. And that's what God wants. That's what Christ wants. He wants us to get up off of our butts and come into the water. He wants us to come off the shore, and he wants us to get our feet wet. He's not asking you to, like, go out deep sea fishing and, like, put on full scuba gear and just dive in without any practice. He's like, hey, you know, come on in and test it out. You know, and then get a little bit deeper and get a little bit deeper and get a little bit deeper. I love it because we go swimming in our pool, the one that's like this deep, and it's freezing cold. Charlie loves it. He'll go, Dudja. I'm like, what? He goes, deep end. And I'm like, okay. But what I realize is I'm holding him, and the deeper I get, the farther up my arm he climbs. 
until he's sitting on my shoulder and his knees are still the only thing that's in the water. I'm like, what are you doing up there, buddy? He goes, it's cold. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's cold. What do you think I'm standing here shivering for? Yeah, it's cold. He goes, silly Dutcha. <laughs> and I'm like, silly little pickle. And he goes, huh. And I grab him and pull him down into the water. <laughs> Not under the water. I just, like, pull him down to where he's about, like, you know, shoulder deep. And he's like, <gasps> cold. And I'm like, you want back up on my shoulder? And he goes, no. And then his lips turn blue. <laughs> and then I feel bad. But that's what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to come out into the deep water where it's unknown. You know, that's, that's the scary thing. Like I was saying, like we're about to get off the beach, out of the surf, and dive into depths that, we've ne- that we may have feared and depths that we don't even know of. Probably one of the coolest things I ever did was go scuba diving. I scared my brother-in-law to death because he saw a dolphin swim by and he thought it was a shark and he was like <laughs> up on the boat. Yeah, and he's like, it's safer up here on the top of the water. I'm like, you can't see anything up here. He has on flippers and this mask and these webbed gloves. And he's like, I want a dolphin up here. And the, the guide that was with us, he goes, well, like, smack the water. My brother-in-law's like flapping around. He goes, no, not like that. They'll eat your hand. My brother-in-law's like, <laughs> tucks his arms back up. He goes, what do I do if one drags me under? <laughs> I'm like, you don't taste good. They'll let you go. That didn't reassure him any. But, you know, like you're, you're, you're swimming around down there, and there's like a whole new world. Like there's things that I never thought that I'd ever see. And that's exactly why God calls us into the depths of who he is. He's saying, you know what? You've just seen the surface of who I am. And if you've accepted him as Christ, you've gotten a little bit deeper because you understand the value that he placed in you. And there's been a change in your life. And there's a desire for the things of him. And you're a little bit deeper. And this week, he's calling you into a completely deeper relationship with him. A few years back, and I can't even remember how many years back, and Uncle Paul and I were bouncing this idea back and forth. There was a song by Stephen Curtis Chapman called Dive. And it says, I'm diving in. I'm going deep. And over my head, I want to be caught in the rush, lost in the flow. And over my head, I want to go. And I love it because he says, the river's deep, the river's wide, the river's water is alive, so sink or swim, I'm diving in. And hopefully some of you all will get to that point this week where you, you know what, sink or swim, I'm going for it. And I don't know what God's doing in your life or what God's going to do in your life to get you to that point, but please let me tell you this. The water is great. The life that God has for you out in the deep is so amazingly abundant above anything that you could ever ask. Like, you kind of get out there, and you're just, like, treading water, and you're like, man, I don't know why I didn't come out here before. But here's the cool thing. God goes, hey, it's still deeper. Come on. If you're seeking after pleasure, and the things of this world aren't, aren't giving it to you, there's a God that will supply all of your needs. And here's the cool thing. The rest of that verse says, according to his riches and glory, not yours, his. If you're just standing there going, you know what, whatever happens is going to happen, that's a scary place to be. 
Because there's a God, like I told you in Isaiah 45, that has said, I've already gone before you and made the crooked places straight. I've cut, a, I've cut away every obstacle. I've made all the high places low. I've made all the low places high. So that way you have a level way to go. All you have to do is follow me. You don't want to leave your life to fate. And there's some of you all that you came here because you were like, you know what? I just need to get away because God's like been driving me crazy with this. And I just need to get away. And, you know, if I go to camp, even though it is a Christian camp, you know, I don't have to worry about this thing because I can just kind of blend in, set it on cruise control. And then I get up here and I'm like, forget that. He's calling you out into the deep. He's calling you into a deeper relationship with him. While Jared comes back up, does every head bowed, every eye closed? <laughs> I know it's been a little, a little crazy. I know that it's been a little chaotic. But I want you guys to know something. If those of us that are here as counselors, as worship leaders, camp staff, if we didn't believe in a relationship with Christ, if we didn't believe that we served and we worship and we are loved by God, they can take a broken vessel and make it new. If, if we didn't believe that God can take the broken things of this world and the crazy things of this world and use it for His glory, then we wouldn't be here. Because we realize how valuable God can be in your life. We realize how valuable a relationship with God is. And I don't, I don't know where you are in, in your life. I'm not going to pretend to know. There might be some of you here tonight that you're like, Jared, I don't even, I don't even know like, what you're talking about when you say a relationship with God. You know, you, you, you keep talking about like, how he sent his son to die for us, and I've heard it, but I, just, I don't understand it. I, just, I, don't, I don't have that in my life. That's the first step. That's getting your toes in the water. And then there's some of you, you're like, you know what, I've tried this Jesus thing. Like, you know, I said a prayer when I was younger, and I did the whole baptism thing, and I did the whole stand up in front of church. You know what, Jared, it's just, it's just hard. It's just, it's just difficult. And like, if you understood my friends, or if you understood my situation, or if you understood this, or you understood that, Sometimes you just got to stop making excuses and just go out a little bit deeper. Trust that God's going to be there because he's told you that he's going to be. Go deeper in your relationship with him. And then there's some of you, you're like, you know what? I've got this Jesus thing down pat. I can't even tell you how deep a water I am. That's how good I am at this. Here's what I have to say to you. Turn around away from the shore 
and look out deeper and see where it is that he wants you to go. I wish I could stand up here in front of you and tell you that I have all of it figured out. But I can't. But what I can tell you is that there is a God and his son that love you. And they loved you enough that they got their hands dirty when they created this. And they got their hands dirty when he died on the cross to reestablish a relationship with you. So that you don't have to go through this world afraid of what's around the corner or afraid of what's out in deeper water. I know in a little bit you're going to have some, some quiet time before before bed. And I know it's the first night and I usually don't ask people to come up on the first night. But your counselors are here. The staff is here. And the most important thing that they can do is to make sure that you are right in your relationship with God. And if there's something that's that's kind of holding you back from, from, from searching the depths of, of, of who God is in your life. Find one of them. Talk to them. If you want to know what it means to have Jesus Christ as your Savior and, and to have that relationship with Him, find one of them. Talk to one of them. Fathers, we come before you. We just want to thank you for who you are. God, for what you've done for us. God, there's just so many things that you've done for us. God, for the things that you've already done for us, like you said in your word, the, the, the path that you've already laid out for us that we haven't even got to partake anything of yet. God, we want to thank you in advance for those. And Father, I love the truth in your word where... David says that, that like your thoughts towards us are so numerous that even, even the sands of the sea couldn't outnumber them. That, God, you think about us constantly. And, Father, I apologize for like the shortcomings that I have when other things cloud my mind and when other things take my attention and when other things are the things that drive me. And Father, I hope that you can take the foolish things from tonight. Father, let it be a seed in somebody's life that will take root and it will grow. And Father, that they will flourish in their life with you and that you will take them to depths unimaginable. And that you will give them the strength and the courage and the ability to follow you wherever you lead them. Father, we thank you again for this day. Father, we thank you for your son that you sent to die on the cross for us.